Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey, everybody. Welcome to... Yeah, I'm going to let you finish, right? I'm going to let you finish. What? Go ahead. Good, good, strong start. Um, oh shit! Well, we didn't do our little introduction with the uh, with the joke thing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> shit. Uh, that's okay. So, uh, hi everybody. Welcome to uh, our moms think we're funny. I'm Akomi. Hey everybody. This is Turk One Eighty Two. Wallcrawler One. Uh, yes, a special guest Wallcrawler One is here with us <laughs> for another one of our uh, our podcast. Yeah, so, um, today we have decided to discuss our top ten favorite movie soundtracks. Yes. So, uh, this, this was one we actually tried recording, um, when we had the bad mic that was corrupting all of our audio, so we, we had recorded, like, the entire thing and then realized, it was like, wait a minute, there's a problem here, and then just, it, it all fell through. But then, hey, Wallcrawler decided to join us, so it's all working out pretty good in the end here, I think. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) So, um, I guess some, like, uh, some ground rules that we had laid out is that, um, you can't do stuff from, like, musicals, right? Right. Um, because it's, so anything where the, the lyrics to the song, right, move the plot. So if you took the song out, it would remove a whole, like, section of, of the movie. Right. So, you know, yeah, I think we mentioned, like, Rocky Horror. I love Rocky Horror, but those songs are actually a part of that scene. It's not just like a background music or anything like that. So, right. Even if you t- if you took something like um, let's say like Boz Lerman's like Moulin Rouge, right? Those I'm oh, no, sorry. Let's do a better one, like Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah, Chicago, great soundtrack, right? But if you took those songs out, the plot is now has these big holes in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So Tommy um, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Tommy. Oh, yeah. and Tom Tommy's really good. Yeah. Well, oh, because yeah. like one of my favorite films is Little Shop of Horrors, and uh, yeah, I had to so that. I couldn't include that in the list. Makes sense. So yeah, so um, uh, I don't know. We are, we're gonna just kind of do this like one soundtrack at a time for each person. So uh, should I start, or do one of you guys want to start? Um, I'm good. Well, I'd say since uh, since Webcrawler is uh, is our guest here, um, uh-huh. we can have him start. And now for my list, mine are in no discernible order, so it's not like Same. I actually rank mine like you know best to to not not as close to best. Right. right. These are our top ten, right? But they're just like these are the, my top ten in no particular order. Right. And and mine's not like specifically ranked. It's pretty close, but. My, mine's not either, but, like, I will say this. The ones that popped in my head first are up high. So, it's like, and the first one that popped in my head is Pulp Fiction. Okay. So, I mean, it's, I mean, what do you say about it? It's like every song on there is good. Yeah. There's not one bad song. I mean, it, it's part of the, it's it's kind of intermingled into the film. Even the opening credit scenes, they're playing it on the radio. Um, to Jungle Boogie, to, I mean, it's like, it's, it's seamless. And it's, uh, he kind of started a whole new genre of film by just from the soundtrack itself i mean it's epic in the way the dialogue is and the the music fits in seamless with the time it's a it's you know the scene with um uh where uma thurman and and um john travolta they're dancing i mean Mm -hmm. they switched mixed in the 50s and brought back icons and it goes all this and it just shows how much it's part of our culture intermingles through the film and intermingles through it's perfect I mean, I, I, I yeah. can't say anything bad. 
Pulp Fiction is on my list too, and it's for the exact same reasons you say. Yeah. Because um, even like the uh, was it the Statler brothers? Um, Counting flowers. Counting right. flowers on the wall. Right. Yeah. I mean, in that whole scene with him in the car, and and you know that whole, in which then they reference in um, in Die Hard Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Die Hard. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, Die Hard with the Vengeance, where he's with uh, uh, with Zeus, mm-hmm. um, the Samuel Jackson's character. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, he's going to be smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's uh, like I said, it's on my list, too. Uh, but it's it because it fits. And I think that, you know, you Tarantino wasn't the first person to do this. But I think, like you said, he did usher in this wave where you had people that were when they were writing movies, you had more people when they were writing movies that they had particular songs in mind. Which leads into like a James Gunn thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. soundtrack, where it's like I'm writing this, and these are the songs I have in mind yeah. that are going to fit these scenes, and and it's perfect because when you have a director that is that involved, not only with the screenplay but with all elements of the movie, you really do see that movie as he's writing it coming together because he's seeing the whole thing, not just like you know you see a scene in your head when you're writing, but you're envisioning this whole thing almost. Almost like a like a complete like work as he's thinking it. It's like it's blossoming to life. Mm-hmm. I almost equate the Pulp Fiction soundtrack in some ways, even though it's not original score, is about as integral integral to the movie as John Williams' work to Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, it's 100%. like would it be the same movie without it? it? And there's absolutely no. It wouldn't even have the same impact on any level. So it's I think, integral. I think that's an interesting point you bring up. Is that when you look at some of these movies. Those songs almost take the place of a score. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah. you know where you've got that. There's a uh, a great. Well, I think it's a really good uh, documentary called. Uh, I think it's called uh, Movie Magic, um, like the uh, uh, like the art of like uh, of movie editing. Mm-hmm. But and they talk about uh, in one part they talk about a movie with no um, with, with no music, like you know no uh, no uh, no. Uh, score and without that the the, the, the scene doesn't go anywhere and yeah, you don't right. really notice it a lot of times but that is a, a big part of kind of like setting that mood and that tone oh, yeah. and you don't have the necessarily a score and you do have a score with a lot of these things like um with tarantino stuff uh but uh uh ennio Mor- uh, morricone um uh that did like uh i think he did what hateful eight and um uh, shit, what was the one that came before that? Django. Yeah, Django, right. And, um, but then you also have, you know, like with these, you've got a little bit of a score, but then you also have that music there. And that music is really kind of what sets the tone for a lot of those scenes. Did he do Kill Bill too? No, actually Kill Bill was done by the RZA. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, And when I meant Kill Bill too, I meant... Kill Bill also. Yeah, yeah, Kill Bill yes, as well. Yes. And Deathstalker too. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so um, so Turk, you just gonna say Pulp Fiction for years as well? Well, I know he he, he <laughs> you stole my bet. You stole my bet. We're gonna uh, have some crossover because we don't know who. Oh yeah, was, oh, yeah, so. yeah. We didn't like plan this out. I think mine's gonna be different than either of y'all's though, because I got some weird ass taste. So. And, I, and I'm just gonna say this too, like you got weird ass taste on yours. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I, I kind of took Star Wars and Indiana Jones off the table. It's too yeah. easy. Yeah. It's like I mean, it's a given, right? I right. mean, of course. So that's that's one I didn't put on there, but if, 
Of course, it's I listen. I actually do own all those CDs and right. I listen to them every once in a while. Actually, I have uh, I have the original uh, Star Wars John Williams score on vinyl. Yeah, the original nice. vinyl. All right, theirs. Yeah. All right. So, uh, am I going next now? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, just because it's here and because uh, Webcrawler like stole one of mine, I'm gonna steal one of yours. All right. Blues Brothers. Oh yeah. So yeah, actually, which is on my list. <laughs> Blues Brothers is actually on TV right now as we're recording this. And, uh, yeah, the Blues Brothers is, uh, shit, actually, fuck me, it's not on my list. Ha! It didn't make my cut. Oh, that's right, it didn't, but it did mine. Son of a bitch. So, anyway, I'm still going to count it. Okay. <laughs> I, actually, I actually have more than 10 on my list because I really had a hard time. But, um, but yeah, Blues Brothers is is fantastic soundtrack. It's a beautiful, beautiful soundtrack. I love it. I was a huge fan of Blues Brothers before I ever, like, saw the movie. Just, like, I, I always loved their music. I loved the whole soul thing or just like them bringing back that genre it's great and you know and the 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 music scenes in this you can take them out of the movie mm-hmm. right and it doesn't hurt the movie it, it hurts the movie as far as like the overall appeal of it right because they are you know they are you know integral to like the whole the, what the movie's about which is about music right but right. it doesn't hurt the plot you take those out, you can still follow the whole plot of them guy, these guys going along, whatever. Right. There's no like critical dialogue or anything within the songs. It's yeah. just that the songs are fantastic in pieces to each scene. They are the bookends. That's what I was thinking. They're they're fantastic bookends to each scene. Um, but damn, I mean, there's there's some really good pieces there. I mean, some some of the best Blues Brother songs are on the soundtrack. I would say. And you know the thing with the movie in this is that when you think of Blues Brothers, outside of the car chases, right? Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you think of? The the musical performances. The musicals, yeah. yeah, I mean, you you think of Blues Brothers, and you automatically think of like Shake Your Tail Feather. Mm-hmm. You think, you know, like think, you know, uh, Minnie the Moocher, Old Landmark. Oh yeah, I mean, so those things, you know, uh, I can't, I can't contribute to this because I. I've just never been a big fan of the movie. Really? So I've really? never really wow. watched it too much. Yeah. Freaking I John just, Landis, dude. I know. I just can't get into it for whatever reason. Wow. So that's why I'm being quiet. Sorry. Dude, like, Knock no. Knock you fat penguin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not offended or upset or anything. It just surprises me because I haven't heard many people who don't care for the movie. So it's that's interesting actually, it's, to it's me. It's funny that we're talking about this because I actually had a conversation yesterday about other people that felt the same way I did. They, really? they never really? understood it. So. But sure. no, it's good. I mean, it's fine. Well, I mean, it's it, was, it was apparently a real dumpster fire of production because Dan Aykroyd is always very, like, overambitious with his projects. And I think, like, the original script to this was supposed to be, like, what, 340 pages, something like that? Yeah. And they had to pare down so much. So well, I, would, I would love to see the original script. So I think the way it's supposed to work is that every... Every page is one minute of screen time. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying 340 pages, that's a lot of screen time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this movie is... And I think it was John Landis who said that, like, you know, when, when Ackroyd gave him the original script, he was like, if I threw this at somebody, it would kill them. <laughs> <laughs> we can't use all this. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and uh, uh, so we're talking about soundtracks, not the movie, so I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, pulling that, I think part of getting that movie is pulling in that talent, too. Mm-hmm. And when you're saying we're going to make a movie like this and we need this kind of, you know, and and, the, and the, the talent looks at it and goes, yeah, not only do we want to contribute to this movie, right? Yeah. You know, it, it, we, you know, we want to be a part of it, too. 
and I'm not sure that's exactly how the conversation went down, but you know, it's just they that says a lot about the soundtrack itself and about the the and I think this also goes like we were just talking about it's also the love of that of this music too. Yeah, we know yeah. that Dan Aykroyd has a huge love. Is that Cab Calloway? Yes, yeah, 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 that is the um, Cab Calloway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he had a love for blues, you know, and and this whole movie is just nothing but a big tribute to to blues. Yeah. It, it's it's fantastic. It, and, it's a love letter to a bygone era. I'll go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, and that may be it. Like I'm just not a big blues. I, I never got into uh, it. So I'm not. Just, I'm not a big blues guy either. Yeah, but I do yeah. love this movie. So no, here's cool. interesting <laughs> interesting story. My mom went and saw Blues Brothers in the theater right mm-hmm. when it came out. I thought you were gonna say that she went to see them live, and I was gonna just like no. freak the fuck out. <laughs> well, she did. She did get married at the House of Blues, and uh, <laughs> then now I thought you were gonna say she did marry Dan Aykroyd. I was like, yeah. come on, <laughs> dude, would I be fucking living here? If she married Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know. Things happen. He married the chick from Wayne's World, like. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, um, Garth, who's, who's also in um, Spies Like Us. She's yeah. like oh, Chevy yeah. Chase's yeah. thing. Cool. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she's yeah, like she's Garth's love interest in um, in Wayne's World. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, she she did get married at the House of Blues in New Orleans. Um, and, <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah, but uh, I was gonna say she she went and saw the movie when it uh, in the theater when it came out originally came out and uh, she got pulled over on the way home for speeding. Wow. <laughs> That's that's the, that's the kind of, that's the kind of effect that movie has. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's but yeah, hilarious. no, just a great soundtrack, you beautifully ride? put together. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what? Because she's no, it's uh, no, it's a uh, uh, Black Widow. No, no, I'm talking about like when she's speeding and she just got married, run away. No, no, she just got, saw the movie oh. and she was leaving the movie oh, and she was okay. speeding <laughs> because of all the speeding and the car chasing <laughs> in the movie. No, uh, the the no, her wedding. Thought, was, when you said wedding, I thought it was like right with each other like. no her, her wedding was uh, more of a black widow kind of thing so yeah. so you bringing that up kind of puts the rest of uh it puts the next piece on my list a little bit out of order but that's okay um but since since we're on the subject of blues brothers uh the next one on my list is blues brothers 2000 because that's also a fantastic soundtrack so ne- neither of those are like my top ones but I, I friggin' love the Blues Brothers 2000 soundtrack. And I haven't even seen Blues Brothers 2000 all the way through yet. But just that soundtrack, man. I love it so much. I was gonna say, I'm even less familiar with that one than the original. It gets a lot of hate. Like, Blues Brothers 2000, people just don't like it for a lot of reasons. But it's got such a good, good soundtrack. His brother filled in for him, right? The no. Uh, wasn't? Nope. No, it was uh, John Goodman. It was Goodman. No, yeah. Okay. But uh, his brother filled in for him, like, on their stage performances and stuff. He, like, he was Brother Z. I gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just like, it's got such, such a good soundtrack. I mean, like, John Goodman and Dan Aykroyd do Looking for a Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do Ghost Riders in the Sky. That's a good one. Oh, it's so good. Um, of course, yeah. there's Season of the Witch, Funky Nassau. Funky Nassau was great. I love That's one of my favorite songs in that one. And you've got uh, Joe Morton, you know, in there as well. Yep, John the Revelator. Yep. Who's that writing? It's it is it's it's such a good soundtrack. Um, you got see, Johnny Lang. You got uh, Blues Traveler. I was about to mention Johnny Lang. Oh man, I love Johnny Lang. Man. And is it? Uh, I think we when we do this record, we're trying. Is it Sam and Dave that do the um the the the, the uh uh. What six three four five seven eight nine? Is uh, that... it might be, but that's Johnny Lang primarily who did six three four. And no, the. Uh, the, the 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 hotline yeah six three four five seven eight nine that's that's uh, Johnny Lang on this list. See Johnny Lang in the movie Johnny Lang shows up. Oh no no he is he is in there he is at the at the, yeah. at the place at the place the because the two guys are singing but he's there 
I keep thinking of the part where John Popper comes in. He's like, hey, we guys are performing around here. And can right. you come see us? And they're like, yeah. And they start playing. And then they drive off because, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, what's uh, what's uh, Aretha Turner's other song? Uh, R-E-S-P-C-T. Uh, the she has no, Respect? That's, that's Aretha Franklin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. She did uh, Respect on that one. The, uh, the Blues Brothers movies were what put her career back on the map. Because she'd kind of fallen falling by the wayside there you better think about the consequences oh hush up woman <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no, and uh this this was what turned me on to blues traveler because uh, they do maybe i'm wrong oh. and i fucking love that song it's so good i've got one that's got blues traveler on the oh, like, nice. that's why that and it's the reason i got into him as well yeah. really a different movie though nice and I, I got into him blues traveler just from the from um their very first song, Run Around. Oh, and I love was, you know, Run Around. Watch I love it. The Hook, too. The Hook is good. And that, Mountains Went Again, those yeah. are good songs. Um, I don't want to say the song that I want to talk I about because yeah, it's yeah. from the movie. But yeah, so, so Blues Brothers 2000, I'm not as well-versed with the soundtrack because I'm just used to seeing a movie and I've only seen it a couple times. I think it's a solid movie. Um, I think it starts off really well. It's a very somber start, you know, right. you know um, but I think it's really good. And the uh, the soundtrack, I said, watching it, I need to watch it again to tell you how to really get that feeling. Um, but oh, uh, what is the song that uh, that the Reverend Cleophas Jones does in 2000? Uh, that's John the Revelator, right? Uh, no, uh, is that John? Yeah, because that's the vi- the revival. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, we're right here at the scene oh, of yeah. the movie with Reverend Cleophas <laughs> Jones. Do you see the light? <laughs> yeah, because on the yeah, because on this first movie, it's um old landmark. Yeah, hey, man. There again, like I'm like Donnie from Big Lebowski. I have no frame of reference. So <laughs> it's like it's just I've got uh, nothing. Uh, it's so good. Which I mean, yeah, if it's not your like musical tastes, then maybe so. But you know, hey, uh, John Belushi was into heavy metal pretty much exclusively before Dan Aykroyd awakened him to the wonders of blues. So. And, yeah, you know, I love it in this scene, which I don't, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know, whatever, but I think it's greatly overlooked. And jumping back to Blues Brothers, um, is this scene here with uh, James Brown, Reverend Cleophis Jones. They actually did just a close up on them right now. Shaka Khan is in the, is, uh, the, the choir. Nice. An underrated singer, actually. She's got a really good voice. Oh, yeah. Shaka Khan's great. Um, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. All right, so <laughs> cue the harmonica. I can't, I can't do that. I can't play the, the mouth harp, which is actually okay. I feel for you. You think you love me? <laughs> it might be love. <laughs> All right, so uh, wall crawler. Okay. Um. My next one might be surprising, but Batman vs. Superman. Hans Zimmer, Junkie XL. Um, like, okay, derivative. There's a lot of John Williams influence, I think, and just like with some modern takes on it. But like, there's two things. The Wonder Woman theme and the Lex Luthor song mm-hmm. are genius. I, I mean, it's like, it's modern genius. And I know the film is controversial, but like for me, as a modern score and stuff, like I, I just, I think like it's... Uh, I enjoy it, and I, when I did my list, I was trying to include stuff that I actually own and have listened to, so I went, actually went out of my way to actually buy it, and that doesn't happen too often, <laughs> so that's why I put it on there, because like, I, I know the movies, eh, but like, if you listen to those songs, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a cool mix of modern 
and old school, and it just and it works. I mean, like I, even if you don't like the film, you can't deny that those scores are powerful. Oh so. yeah. Well, I mean, like I love Hans Zimmer's stuff, and I mean I've I've said before that like I love modern film scores because that's the closest thing you're going to get to classical music in this day and age. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, th- I think Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer and uh, Chunky XL. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like Hans Zimmer and uh, oh, you, Star, you, Star Wars guy John Williams. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, I totally blanked on his name for some reason, but just I, I think those guys are modern geniuses. Absolutely, I'd, I'd, I'd have to talk Jerry Goldsmith in there too. Jerry Goldsmith, as far as a, as far as a, uh, you know, a, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Not choreographer, um, composer. Thank you, composer. Theory. Yeah, uh, Jerry Goldsmith is really good too. And um. He, Hans Zimmer did like I know Dark there's another one Dark Phoenix like people didn't like the movie but he did some of the scores for it and they're <laughs> really good I mean it's like if, if you listen to the music it's it's amazing the the movie's maybe not the best thing in the world but like he makes good music so I think a good not... soundtrack can help a weak movie a lot oh yeah uh, that said I enjoyed Batman vs Superman I thought it was way better than people give it credit for I think I think we need to uh, we actually need to do a separate podcast about Batman vs Superman because we've talked a lot about it back and forth mm-hmm. and all like this the, the key moments and the great parts about that movie that are overlooked you know and, and I we, have my theory about it too yeah uh, and we and we've talked about you like you know one of my one of my favorite lines is like the, the you're not brave yeah. which is just beautiful yeah um and and then so we you know still need to talk about Justice League too um, uh, well, I still have to see Justice League before we can talk about it well then but, also Batman vs Superman if you watch the extended cut like it's 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 better it's much better movie mm-hmm. it does like, it does tighten some pieces up not it, it doesn't doesn't answer all your questions no. and make everything neat but it does tighten some scenes up mm-hmm. but I listened there was a thing on NPR where they talked to Junkie XL about working with Hans Zimmer and kind of how that works. So you're talking about two different styles yeah. of like, of, you know, musical oh, creative, yeah. like artists and, and bring it together. And I will say, and I'm not going to, this is going to sound kind of controversial and it's not meant to be that way. Right. Cause I'm not trying to downplay the effect of wonder woman. Right. But without that wonder woman theme, yeah, she, I don't think she would have initially been as popular as she was because when that theme kicks in and yeah. she shows up then she is like a tour de force because that theme just drives her and like even before she's on the screen you hear that theme yeah and it's like something big is coming in and bam she hits and it's like holy shit it they, was my ringtone for a long time oh, nice. like, I, I loved i loved it i yeah, mean it's, they, just, it's powerful i mean it, it, it is it hits you they handled her very well yeah very very well like when i first heard that they were casting gal gadot as wonder woman i was like eh, and then I saw her, and I was like, yeah. "Holy shit, she is Wonder Woman." She's I was, I was like, "Yeah, she, she's attractive. She's There's no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it." But, um, but I was like, hey, "Do I really see her as being Wonder Woman?" Because Wonder Woman does have a very, like, she's an Amazon, so you have this very kind of like, you know, kind of like tight fitness physique, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Buff. Like, like, so, like, when you see, now, of course, you haven't seen it, but uh, Web Crawler in the Justice League movie when. Um, uh crap uh, i keep thinking tur but it's not tur um steppenwolf steppenwolf thank yeah, you yeah so when steppenwolf shows up on on uh, themiscara mm-hmm. and and they're trying to get the the box out of there and she tells the two women to close the gate and they take those big hammers and they like knock down the pillars and you see those women are like freaking yeah. bodybuilders yeah. that's yeah. i mean that's what i expect a more slightly 
feminine in air quotes, which you guys can't see, like version of that, of that, that kind of body build, you know, not quite like death by snoo snoo. And you think about Gal Gadot, I'm like, that's not what I see. But then she shows up, she's like, you know, she's like straight up Cuomo D, like how you like me now. And I'm like, no, no, dude, I, I give yeah, it up. Yeah, no, no, like, and, and like you're, you're thinking more like the Frank Miller version of Super or, or Wonder Woman, like, like she's a little thicker, like, you know, like she's a little bit more broad. I mean, she just, she has a more stronger presence, but then like her acting kind of makes it makes up for the fact that maybe visually she's not exactly what you thought to begin with like like what you your perception of what you thought Amazons would be well I was thinking more of a not quite as buff like she hulk yeah exactly that's yeah. what and yeah. that's what I'm yeah. saying that's yeah. what the Frank Miller version is because she's thick but she's not like <laughs> like cut because right. I'm, I'm thinking because like in my mind I'm thinking this is way 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 old school when it comes to like you know fitness but I'm thinking of people like um like a Corey Everson or a Linda Murray or a Sharon Bruno as far as like like the fitness yeah. and everything or even um that chick I love so much uh, from back in the day Gabrielle Reese volleyball oh, player yeah. oh yeah. yeah see that's what I'm, I'm thinking like an Amazon I'm like bam that that's it and she didn't she didn't have that look for me I'm like you know I just see her like you know with Dom Toretto and everything, you know, <laughs> behind the wheel of a car. And then, like, she was like, you know, hey, Turk 22, you can shut the fuck up. And you're like, you're right, I can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the whole thing. Well, there's all this question of, like, Amazons even really existed or whatever. But, like, the, the Amazons, like, supposedly... They cut one of their breasts off. Yeah, I was going to bring that for the, Oh, for yeah, the arrows, yeah. Yeah, for the arrows and stuff. And, like, they've never really gone that qu- quite far. But I thought, I'd like for them to one day. You know, <laughs> You'd know, you like, like to see a one-titted Wonder y- Woman? Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is, why not? I mean, like, that's the legend, right? Like, play more off from the original. Like, that's, I, that would be an interesting oh, take. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just watching you. You're actually a righty. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> the fallen archer. I guess I'll, I'll just learn to use a sword. <laughs> and then to be even go further, like uh, maybe African American, you know, like they did with Valkyrie. Oh it's yeah. Like like uh maybe have like an African American. Why why not? I mean that would have actually made more what? sense to me. Like like a uh, African American. Yeah. They have one. No, not for the movie, though. That's what I'm saying. Why oh, in the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Why yeah. did they do it for the movie? Yeah, yeah. well, because, you know, I, I, that would have created a bunch of shit that I really wouldn't have cared to see. Yeah. But, uh, um... Been I would have, I've been okay, actually, out of almost anything. That wouldn't have bothered me. Yeah, well, it's the thing. It wouldn't have bothered me, but there would have been so many people like, oh, because you have to think about the bigger audience yeah. that doesn't know that yeah. she exists. The black yeah. Wonder Woman, the libtards right. are ruining the country. <laughs> anyway, but, yeah, I mean, that, that the soundtrack, like you said, is... It, it, it's I haven't heard I don't know the soundtrack as well but that song and like I said the collaboration of two of those which you would think like how would they work together um, and like I said you've got to hear if you haven't heard the interview um, look it up it's yeah. really good okay. All right. All right, so cool. I guess it's my turn now right yes sir alright so um, see I'll, I gotta count my list again because I think I actually have 12 on my list um, <laughs> and uh, so let's see one, two, oh, look at me my name's Torque 182 I'm too good for the rules two, <laughs> two, one, two, three, four, five. Well, while I'm at it, let me just take some of the Comey's off of his list. I want all the list. Um, so I do. I actually have. Uh, I have technically twelve on my list, but since Webcrawler like stole one of mine, right? That actually uh, gives me. That gives me a free space. Uh, <laughs> I got alternates too. Oh yeah, I see. Actually, I actually have an honorable uh, mentions me, list. Me too. Well, same here. Okay. So, um, so my next one, I'm actually going to bring up is the Crow soundtrack. 
Oh, uh, that is. Oh, I didn't even think of that. The one. Crow that soundtrack good. is is incredible. The first um, one's actually the second one's good too. Yeah, yeah. Well, not as good. I'm, I'm pulling it up. Anyway, right now. so the Crow soundtrack. Crow soundtrack is amazing. It was the first time I heard Rage Against the Machine. And the song on there is great. It's probably one of the only songs I actually like. No, sorry. There's only two songs I like by Henry Rollins and the Rollins Band. One is Liar, Liar right? Because of that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then the other one is the one from the Crow soundtrack, the Ghost Rider, Motorcycle Hero. Oh, that's, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, you've got a Cure song on there, which is fantastic. Uh, the Nine Inch Nails song is great. Holy shit, it's got a Stuntable Pilot song on there? Oh, yeah. Um, Big, Big Empty. Empty. Yeah. Holy Big fuck. Empty. Um, uh, it's uh, some STP. Yeah, dude, it, it's got uh, my life with the thrill with the thrill kill cult is on there. Slip slide melting. Uh, wasn't that on the first one? Uh, doesn't look like it, but uh, I thought that's what it was on there. Google isn't always like maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, I wish I actually had all my um, all my CDs here because I actually just grabbed the CD. But I mean, uh, I've uh, I've got the CDs, but I don't have the cases. Um, I still want to see the crow. You need to see the crow. The crow's uh, crow's beautiful movie. Um, but yeah, that soundtrack. I remember getting it, and um, and I've I've worn that soundtrack out. It's it's yeah. Such... Uh, for not love, not Lisa. Oh yeah, for love, yeah, not yeah, Lisa. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, we actually like when you know we went to Charlotte here. Mm-hmm. That's it. First time I ever went there was '94, and me and my friend pretty much just played that song from Rono to Charlotte. I mean, we just listened the hell out of that thing. It was the, the, like, the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, like, it's, uh, it's good. It. Yeah, oh yeah, it's good. Um. Yeah, it's it, it's fantastic. Uh, I can't say enough about that. And the thing is, it really fits the tone of the movie as well. The songs are heavy in tone, but they're not necessarily dark. Now, they, they feel like when you're watching the movie, you listen to the songs, they feel like dark, right? But if you listen to them just outside of the movie, of course, you're going to get, you know, like vision of the movie in your head, yeah. like like Sugar Plums. But, but the songs themselves are are just heavy in tone, you know? Um, even the, the Rage songs, that first Rage song I ever heard. And you've got the song, the uh, uh, Jane Severi, Can't Rain, Can't Rain All the Time, which is a really nice song. Um, and that, that's a pretty light song, again, with a very heavy tone. Yeah, I really I really want to see the movie and hear all this, because like, I've heard nothing but good things about The Crow. Oh, The Crow is, is a really good movie. It, it's very, you know, obviously knowing the story and blah, 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 it, it is sad. I don't, yeah, mean, yeah. I don't mean to blah, blah, blah that away, but yeah, it's... It's really sad, but um, but yeah, the movie is good and the soundtrack is phenomenal. Awesome. No, it is. I agree. Like I, I actually forgot about it, but it's. But I'll say this too: I was more into that type of music back then. I was not as much as into that type still now, but I still love it. It's awesome. Huh. All right. Well, I'm gonna bring up my personal favorite soundtrack, and Turk knows what this is because I never shut up about it. But uh, I, I gotta. I got to pay tribute to this, oh, which of course. So is it, um, here's what we know. Yes. <laughs> here's what we know. Yes, Baby Driver. I absolutely love the Baby Driver soundtrack, which I'm, I'm an Edgar Wright fanboy anyway. But. And it's got that that uh, that Ronnie James Dio song on it. That, Baby Driver! No, sorry, that's Holy Divers. <laughs> I'm thinking of something else, but go, go no, on. But it's, go it on. does have the Ricky Nelson thing. They call me Baby Driver. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I mean, just like it's got it's got so much good stuff, just a, just a range of styles and genres and time periods. Um, never saw it. You've never seen Baby Driver. You've never Driver? seen Baby Driver. Yeah. You've never seen Baby Driver. Never seen Baby. Driver. Oh, dude, what? it's it is. I've never seen the Baby Drive. Oh my god! What? Why? What? Dude. Why not? Dude. I'm not a big uh, 
Edgar Wright. Jamie, Shannon? no, Jamie Foxx guy. Like, I don't really like him that much. Well, he's, but he's not it's the just, center of the movie. Well, Plus, I don't know anything about it. I've never even really, to be honest, I don't think I've really heard of it. But Bats, dude, it's so good. Bats is a, is an asshole, but he plays Bats really well. He he does. He it, like it's cast beautifully. Just like I, I I cannot say enough good things about Baby Driver. It is. Yeah, Baby Driver is. I don't know if I want to say it's my very favorite movie, but it's probably like top three. Cinderella came on, the live action Cinderella came on the other day and I was looking at it and uh, and I was like, yeah, she's still not as cute. She has a baby driver. <laughs> anyway, just, she, <laughs> she is a darling. She is. That. No, um, dar- darling's a well, darling. Dar- darling is <sighs> incredible too. Oh my God. But yeah, no, I mean like just so much good stuff. You've got like Bell Bottoms is the opening song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got a Egyptian reggae. Um. <laughs> okay, so we mentioned this before on the soundtrack. And right. I it again, right? Is Egyptian reggae in that scene when he's like, you know, the sitting over here was like, listen to what Egyptian reggae. <laughs> I thought Egyptian reggae was the genre, right? Until you showed me the soundtrack. Yeah, and, the name of the song, and that, that's what I thought. But yeah, we uh, it was during some downtime at one of the cons. We were just like chilling in the hotel, and I just like pulled that up on YouTube and was just playing the entire soundtrack. And you were like, "The name of the song's Egyptian reggae." I'm looking up the soundtrack, and it's like it's split up into two discs. There's a lot of yeah, music it's, it's in huge. It. It's like a 30 song soundtrack, yeah. and I, I've listened to that shit so much. But I mean, you've got like. Deborah by T Rex. You've got Deborah by Beck. Um, hmm. Oh man, like what? What all? They got a really nice cover of Tequila. Um, hold on, I'm trying to get the whole list pulled up here. Uh, I got it right here. Oh yeah, man, yeah, I just got it. Um, oh shit! Of course, I mean it's got um, Hocus Pocus by Focus, which is a phenomenal rock song. Hmm. Absolutely incredible rock song. I'll have to check it out sometime. Uh, Brighton Rock by Queen, of course. I mean, that, and that's like it's such a perfect song for the scene that it's in. Oh yeah, it is. It um, is absolutely the the, the Wuzzy Slow remix. That's really oh, yeah. good. <laughs> Wuzzy Slow and uh, Wuzzy it's, slow. it's and I know Turk, you don't really care for Young MC, but they do have a Young <sighs> MC song that's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. So okay, I, I used to give Young MC a little bit of credit. Because he um, he wrote a lot of Tone Loke songs, right? Yeah. But then when I go back and listen to Tone Loke songs like Funky Cole Medina, oh, I can't get behind it. I can't be, get behind a date rape song. I'm sorry, I just can't. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. That's a date rape song, and I can't get behind that anymore. Uh, <laughs> we need to do a Bill Cosby cover of that. There's <laughs> a <laughs> Funky Cole Medina. <laughs> Don't forget that song, Pudding Pop. <laughs> 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 Medina in the class. <laughs> 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 why have why has anyone done that yet? I don't know. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean they they do know how by Young MC, and it's like it's such a good hip hop song. I really really like it. Um, oh man, what what all else is on here? There's so much. There's so many songs. There's like thirty songs. Easy like Sunday morning. Um, that's is it the the it's the Commodore's version, isn't it? Right, not the Faith No More version. Yeah, yeah, the Commodore's yeah. version. And um, I can't remember which one it is on this track list, but uh, during during the second bank heist with um, with JD, not not Groovy JD. Oh, what? <laughs> what's that one? Be a man, be a mystery man, oh, be a doll, be a baby doll. I don't remember I, the name of it. Shit, I'll never. Is is it Neat 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 by the Damned? That might be it. I, I think so. I'm pretty sure that's it. But I mean, just, uh, I cannot say enough good things about the movie and about the soundtrack. I love everything about Baby Driver. Just the, the, the cast, the acting, the pacing. 
I, I absolutely love it. And that is probably my most listened to soundtrack. I, I love the range. I love all the songs on it. It's fantastic. Why don't you marry him? <laughs> you know, maybe I will. Maybe you have. Can I, can, I be your, can I be your best man? Take your damn ring back, Turk. All right, so I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is over. This whole thing's over. <laughs> all right, so, Wallcrawler. All right. I'll say in my list too. Like, uh, not only did I try to get stuff that I that I own, I'm cheating a little here. I don't own this one, but like, I think a lot of it has to do with how much you like a movie too. So it's like, I mean, it kind of intermixed, you know. Of course, and um, just because I like the movie, I mean, like, I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time too, but it stayed with me. I've always loved it, like Out of Sight. Oh yeah, and like, uh, David Holmes does a lot of it like himself, and then he intermixed a few songs here and there. And they're not the best songs in the world, but like I like the eclectic, I like eclectic things mm-hmm. that are just kind of all over the place. And he throws in little songs that maybe wouldn't be something that you would go out and buy for yourself, like Watermelon Man. I mean, it's yeah. it's weird, but it works with the movie. You see? Oh yeah. So it's like, and and then like uh, I sent it to you the other day, Rip Rip. Oh, Man, Rip Rip song. is good. And then and then the soundtrack's awesome because it intermixed the dialogue. I like the movies that do that, the dialogue with the music like it was in the film, and it reminds you of the scene, and it just, the soundtrack itself is just awesome. Um, the only reason I even know about it is because a buddy of mine, he had it, and like, uh, when I was in college, and I listened to it all the time, because he was listening to it all the time, and it's just, uh, maybe just one of those things I just heard it so many times, it just never left me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when I think of good music in a movie, I think of that yeah, and very what, often. And what was so. it? Out of sight. Out of sight. Yeah, it's a great movie. You yeah. should see Out of sight is too. a beautiful. Movie. I hear really good things about it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I won't stop talking about it because <laughs> it is a, it is such a good movie. I I love Out of Sight. Uh, I know it happens at least once per recording session where you're like, "Have you seen Out of Sight?" And I'm like, "No," and you go, <sighs> "Yeah, we should watch it. We should watch it. Yeah, we should." Uh, but you know, uh, so. I haven't heard the soundtrack, but I do know the songs from the movie, um, and uh, I do love the movie. And I even read the book. Um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I read the book after I watched the movie. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, when you sent me "Rip Rip," which is a good song, and they use you know it's the I think one of the good things about something like that is you know you're talking about Steven Soderbergh, and I'm not sure how much influence he had over the soundtrack for the movie, but. There's a difference in the tone of the music that's used from when they start off in Florida yep. to when they move to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when they move to Detroit, then you've got more of the Detroit sound, yep. Yep. right, than <laughs> what you had in, like, in Florida. Which, But it also stays within, right, within the whole vein of the movie, and it works. And you still have these really good songs, you know. Um, and then the, the, whole, the whole scene with them in the trunk, you know, the intimacy. Like, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's every, I mean, of course, like, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to set the, it's like color in a comic book. Yeah. It matters. It sets the tone. And the music definitely sets the tone. And it's, it's pretty seamless. I mean, everything <laughs> kind of works. Like you said, like, it's, it's every location they're at, every scene. It just, uh, I don't know if the movie would be the same without it. So there again. So I think uh, something else, we, we, you know, with that is that, when you're talking about, we're saying talking about how like the the music changes based upon the location, mm-hmm. right? But then you also have still have a central theme that goes across both locations, and yep. still it doesn't feel out of place. No, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like I, I was agreeing with you. Like I, I knew what you were saying because I agree. Like it, it's a uh, from one spot, and I hadn't really thought about it like that. But you're right. Like as soon as you said it, it, it just uh, maybe I hadn't thought about it because, like you said, it is seamless. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. Um, it's subtle, yeah, but it works. 
the uh, I tell you one of my favorites, and I'm not even sure what the song is, or you know, um, it's when when uh, Jack Foley goes to when Karen Sisko's at the at the hotel bar, and the guys are trying to pick her up, and she well, one thing it's just a beautiful scene anyway, the way it's shot where you're just seeing her reflection in the window with the snow falling in the background, mm-hmm. and and then Jack comes up, and there's that. Uh, that music that's playing, that's really soft music there, and then of course you do the the kind of like the uh, the kind of like mon. It's not really a montage, but that kind of like intercut shot of them talking to when they're in a the room, and then that 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 soft theme is playing. That's a beautiful like tone. That theme that that just it's so it's so nice there, <laughs> and it really not only does it does it really set the mood, but with everything that's going on, and again we're talking about it, about you know music in the movies. But that, you're going from like a, it's a change in the tone of the movie where you're going from like this whole tension piece, right? With him and Buddy, right? Where they're scoping out the place. Yeah. And then cuts to there. And then you're about to go back into another very tense scene. And this just really just kind of like ramps you down, right? And to build you back up so that that teen, that, that, that music... Right, really kind of helps carry you as a viewer and as a listener down, right, very easily, right, and to kind of like get you to kind of relax you, right, so you can kind of enjoy and then build back up instead of carrying that tension across, which would kind of make you lose part of the movie there if you were still staying tense from the scene before all the way through. <laughs> it's like now you get to ramp down and build your tension back up. To kind of to get the it's 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 dumb, but that, that's that's what a, that's what a good song is supposed to do for a movie, and that's why that's why it's on my list. Like the, I agree with everything you're saying, and then like, I know we're not supposed to talk about the film so much, but I just want to say this too: was Boogie Nights first, or was was this first? Oh, that's a good question. Because Don, this is kind of a breakthrough. To be to be honest, it's more of a breakthrough, even if it wasn't for me for Don Cheadle in this role. Oh. that this is kind of where he started to really pop for me. And like uh, his performance in this was like great. Like uh, I really liked him in this. Yeah, I was actually telling somebody at work the other day about Boogie Nights, and of course I'm over here now trying to pull up my movie to see. Boogie Nights was '98, right? I just can't remember. Outside was after that, or is that the same? was it the same year? Uh, let's see. I don't know. I think I think Boogie Nights was '98. I might be wrong about that. All right, so man, it's hard to read. <laughs> I know Boogie Nights was made by New Line Cinema. Um... I do love Boogie Nights. It is. We still have to see Boogie Nights, yeah. Yeah, you do. You really do. I was telling the guy about it. Um, you know, one of my favorite scenes. She's like, "This font on here is so hard to read." Um, shit, I'd probably just be better off looking up on IMDb. One of you guys would do that. That'd be fantastic. Nineteen ninety-seven. So out of sight. When was that? So I was a year off. So out of sight might have been after. But it, it is, I think you're you're exactly right. Where we are talking about the you know two standout performances by Don Cheadle. Yes. Um, who? Again, we're not we're not talking about the movies themselves. That's a whole different thing. But you know about a guy that has, so, has Boogie Nights worked, was first, huh? Boogie Nights was first. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about a guy who has who has worked and has been a standout actor, starting from the movie Colors back in the '80s. Mm-hmm. You know where he played Rocket. Yeah, you know? and uh, and then going from that to Golden Palace, you know, the spinoff from the from the Golden Girls TV show, and oh, then, yeah. and then Don Cheadle just being kind of like this really good background guy, 
And uh, and I'll just just add on that since we're just kind of just touching on him for a minute. The movie Traitor. Yeah. You've seen Traitor, right? With Don Cheadle. Oh. And and uh, I dude. really like his work in Captain Planet too. <laughs> the power no. is yours. If you have not seen Traitor, check it out. Traitor is a is a great movie with him and uh, Guy Pierce uh, and everything. But the ending, the ending is beautiful. I when I saw the ending and 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 I'm not gonna say anything about it. when I saw the ending, I was like, holy shit, that's beautiful. <laughs> And that's all I gotta say. You have to see Traitor. Okay. All right. right. So is it my turn? Here we go. Yep. All right. So, um, and I almost said something. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it stand until until it's actually my turn. Um, but my next pick is uh, the Crow City of Angels soundtrack. Ah. You touched on that okay, and everything, it's but good. it is good. And so okay. So the first song on the child on the soundtrack is Gold Dust Woman by Hole, a mm-hmm. cover of uh, I think Stevie Nicks song. Right now. You know, I think everybody knows how I feel about Courtney Love, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get into that. This this is not that discussion. <laughs> but I will say I do like some songs by Hole, right? Yeah. And I like Celebrity Skin. Um, I do like that album. And this is one of those songs where I think that she did very well. Hole did a really good job of Gold Dust Woman. I'm not a a Stevie Nicks or um, uh, Fleetwood Mac fan, but I do like their songs when they're done by other people, right? Uh, Smashing Pumpkins version of Landslide, I I, I love right. The only I Stevie did Nicks... not know Smashing Pumpkins did a cover of Landslide. You've never heard that? No. Okay, well we gotta play that when we're done here. I always just knew the uh, the uh... shit. Why am I blanking on the name? The Dixie Chicks cover of Landslide. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um... <laughs> I like the White Zombie song. Yeah, Boogeyman. Yeah, Boogeyman. Um, which Boogeyman. Um, I actually have the single for "I'm Your Boogeyman." You know who sings on that with him? Who? Lionel Richie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's like it's like the red, red, groovy remix. I think is what it's called. A single, and it's him and Lionel Richie doing "I'm Your Boogeyman." The, the, but, that, that this one introduced me to PJ Harvey too. Like really, I, I, I'd never heard of him before that, and I really liked it. PJ Harvey, I remember here learning about PJ Harvey from Beavis and Butthead mm. TV series. Yeah, <laughs> they they were like one of the videos came up. Um, but uh, I was gonna say um, the only other song, the only song I actually say I like by by Stevie Nicks, aka slash Fleetwood Mac, is actually the Stevie Nicks song "Blue Light," a blue lamp that is on the heavy metal soundtrack. Oh yeah, um, you, you know the reason I bought that what? CD was because Toadies was on there, and like Toadies, oh, Toadies r- Possum r- Kingdom, r- yeah, r- Rubbernecks, one of my favorite CDs <laughs> of all time. So, uh, so you have Goldust Woman, you've got "I'm Your Boogeyman" by White Zombie. Not Rob Zombie, White Zombie, Jurassitol by Filter. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, old man, got something for you. Jurassitol is a great song. I, I, I used to have a hat. I used to wear it all the time. Filter hat. <laughs> oh. Um, you've got. I mean, you've got. Uh, oh, you've got. Uh, I want to be your dog by Iggy Pop. That's a great song. You got Deftones on there. Amy Seven Mary Three. You've got some great artists Ooh, on here. I you've like got some Seven Mary really Three. good songs. You know, you know Seven Mary Three. You know where they get their name from, right? Nah. Seven Mary Three is the uh, is the call number for uh, Ponch and John from Chips. Okay. Oh, nice. Seven Mary Three. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, yeah, it's the Crow, the City of Angels soundtrack. The movie is shite, straight up shite. <laughs> it is. But um, except for the only the only thing about that movie that's good is when the guy goes, you know what they call a group of crows? A murder. murder. Right. That was yeah. the only thing. And that was like the first time I'd heard that. Right. 
Uh, first time I had heard it. For some reason, my brain fixated on that stupid line from X-Men of what happens when you strike a toad with lightning. So it's like, you know what you call a group of crows? The same thing you call everything else. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's... Okay, so I think we talked about this. Like, there was actually supposed to be... It was supposed to be a running theme in the movie, yeah, but they took all yeah. those scenes out and just left <laughs> so that one, which stupid. is so... Guys. So stupid. I, I will give X-Men credit for being... The, the first a right movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for being a movie but um but it is not good it's... and you know we were talking yesterday about uh was it uh geek girl or whatever oh yeah and her her whole defense of cyclops which i can't get behind geek girl uh, 19 i think yeah. or is it comic book girl 19 right something like that. and i mean no she 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 is knowledgeable and i will straight up give her that but her defense of Cyclops, no, Cyclops is an ass from day one. We just made t-shirts, Scott Summers sucks. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, he does. Yeah. Scott Summers was wrong. <laughs> you know what he did to put a, put a picture of, uh, of, uh, 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 a Murphy, uh, Charlie Murphy on there. Charlie Murphy. Right. And Scott Summers was wrong, wrong. <laughs> but, but, you know, but I mean, and, uh, and but Cyclops is an ass, and you know, but I will say that he was not handled properly, really, in any of those scenes, except for what we kind of briefly talked about last night. Yeah, but, yeah. but anyway, you know, yeah. You know, beside all that, um, it's, it's funny too. Like I just want to point out this: like it's funny that you're listening to this because like I forgot about the Crow movies. That both of them are fantastic. Like I almost you almost should just count it for the first one because it's just so the, because like the movie just is just you can disregard the movie. It's, yeah. the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it should just be called like. Like Crow soundtrack volume one and volume two, almost yeah. like the Baby Driver. Like just yeah. put them together. It's like yeah, just, right. just the movie doesn't just put them in. Yeah, that, well, that's what I was gonna say. Is that like you know so, something like Baby Driver? I mean, you can just listen to that soundtrack and you, you never need to see the movie. You should see the movie. Yeah, because you it's should see the movie. Fucking phenomenal, but yeah, I, I think that like those. I think my favorite soundtracks are the ones that kind of stand on their own like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, now that said, I'm gonna <laughs> my my next soundtrack might not stand on its own super well, but it's it's definitely one that is very near and dear to my heart, and it's also from an Edgar Wright film. So Turk knows what this is gonna be, which of course it is. Oh, uh, see, Ant- no, no, sorry, not Ant Man. I see. Oh, I see Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright. Uh, come, come on, man. Because right now I'm thinking, only thing I'm thinking of is the Cornetto trilogy, and I'm like, no, 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 he's, he's got other stuff other than that. Um, Come on, it's uh, give me a hint. Rhymes with Blotch Milgram. Blotch Milgram. Blotch. Come on, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, <laughs> the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim soundtrack is awesome. <laughs> Motherfucker, <laughs> blush motor, blush motor. There again, like I, I, I like the movie okay, but I think I waited too long to see it. I didn't see it in the the zeitgeist when everything was like, oh, Scott Pilgrim, and I waited too long, and it. No, I, I, I guess I, it didn't live up. You know, how, like sometimes something gets hyped so much that it can't live up to the expectation. Right. I think that's what happened to me there. I liked it, but I didn't think it was like, oh. I, well, I'll tell you, I saw Scott Pilgrim because it didn't come here to the main theater. It came to the Dollar Theater. Okay. <laughs> nice. And I. And I, I it was only there for one week. I saw it was playing, and we went and saw it on Thursday. The next day was Friday, and new movies came out, and it wasn't there. So if we had seen <laughs> that Thursday, I never would have saw it in theaters. Wow. And uh, because it just, you know, that's just kind of how it happened. So, um, but 
but and I didn't hit the hype, and I'm I'm a big anti hype guy, right? oh, yeah, which is yeah. why I didn't get into Harry Potter till like <laughs> till after like the last movie, and I was like, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll read the books now, right? Um, Love those books because I can't, I can't, I, I hate, I hate the hype. When something it's it's okay if it's a slow build hype, yeah. but when it goes from like obscurity, and I know it's not really obscurity, but when it goes from obscurity to like bam, everybody's talking about it, I'm like, no, you've you've lost me completely. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a big reason why I still haven't seen Game of Thrones. But uh, but Scott Pilgrim, I know this is your conversation. But <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, I didn't I didn't catch the hype. I saw the movie, and then from the movie, I kind of went in. I didn't even know it was a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was the thing. Like, I didn't watch the movie when it first came out, but um, a lot of people were recommending the comics in the circles I run in because you guys know I love indie comics and yes. I follow a lot of indie comics. And a lot of people were like, G- "Give the books a read." So I read them, and I was like, "I actually really really enjoy these." And uh, and it's funny because Brian Lee O'Malley is very enthusiastic about music and he always talks about like whatever CDs he was listening to while he was working on that particular book. So like at the end of a lot of the books, there's like, here's my playlist for like Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness or, or something like that. And it's really cool. So I was like, I'll give the movie a chance. And I just, I, I fucking love the movie. It was so good. Um, it's it's very quotable. We quote it all the time. Oh, yeah, but uh, the do. soundtrack is great, which um, the soundtrack... Uh, all the sex babomb songs were handled by Beck, and we've talked about this. We actually talked about it uh, on the Lost recording, talking about our film soundtracks. They have uh, they have versions recorded by Beck, and they also have versions recorded by the actors who portrayed the sex babomb. And uh, just they're they're all like super fun songs. They're just and you know I don't really care for Michael Sarah, but I will give him credit for he did a great job in uh, in Scott in Scott Pilgrim and the fact that he learned the bass yeah and played you know his uh, played the bass and did the songs and everything so I'm like I gotta give you credit he, for that oh, he broke off like acting a while right do band like he had a band and stuff did he? right did like, he? he was doing CDs and stuff for a while he didn't want anything to do with movies for a while that's why he was <laughs> I gone. think more like movies didn't want anything <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean no, no offense no, but, to him but you know he really tried to break out of his 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 mold that was put into him by like you know um, <laughs> like Seth Rogen <laughs> well I was gonna say the uh, Arrested Development that kind of stuff oh yeah yeah and so some of the movies he did just I don't think were really like there and then when he had the chance to be in like a this is the end, right? And he plays a very, which I don't know, it could be very much Michael Sarah, but he plays the off type, what you think he is kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And, but I think it's, it's still one of the things where he, he hasn't done anything to make studios or audiences be able to see him outside of this particular character. Yeah. Like, which, so take I like mean, a, it's hard to do. Take like a Joseph Gordon Levitt, right? You have to, or um, a Heath Ledger. You even sorry even um uh guy like a lot of uh, uh shit hold on give me a minute rhymes with um DiCaprio right oh yeah you have to remove yourself from Hollywood for years do smaller indie things or whatever and then be able to say showcase like this is what I'm capable of doing mm-hmm. right and kind of grow up and get out of that um. That kind of teeny bop tiger beat kind of like super thing. bad, right? Oh yeah. god, fuck but super but that bad. but in Hollywood that's so risky because when you step out of limelight, you can't get back in. Yeah, and it's like a, it's yeah. like there's a velvet rope around that limelight that you don't see, and wondering. it's a really it's a really risky thing to do. And those are three people that I can say did it successfully. But there's a lot of people that step outside and they can't get back in. Well, Michael Rooker, like they were they were interviewing him I watched it the other day it was that thing about Sam Jones and like the whole thing with Flash Gordon and they were interviewing (laughs) him and he was basically saying what do you think about being typecast he's like it's great it's cause like 
It's like that. That's that means they're gonna call you back. Yeah. It's like it's it. You're taking your career in your hands if you yeah. veer from what people see you as. You know, there's there was a at one point in time when the market to me was so saturated with uh, with Michael Rooker uh-huh. that I just I got sick of seeing him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was in like replacement killers, and he was in this. It was like it was like four or five movies all within like like so like a year to six months. They all have Michael Rowe. I'm like, dude, I'm so sick of seeing this guy. <laughs> well, the you thing know? is, though, you're sick of seeing him, but he's not sick of getting the checks. You oh, see, no. yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, people oversaturation is a thing, but they're still getting paid. Yeah. So Which, that, that, they don't care. Well, what was the guy from Jaws 3 who was like... Oh, Michael, Michael Caine? Like, I, I like the I like the movie. The, I, I like the house that the movie bought or whatever. Right, right. I've never seen yeah, the movie. Exactly. <laughs> but, yep, yep. But yeah, no, but uh, the soundtrack for Scott Pilgrim, just so, so much good stuff, which, I mean, I could just talk about, like, Beck's contributions to that and, yeah. and leave it at that, because, I mean, you've got stuff like Garbage Truck. Garbage Truck Love. Uh, Summertime. Threshold. I think Threshold is probably my personal favorite out of that. That is, like, that's such a tight song. But, I mean, there's also just, there's all these, like, non-original things that, you know, just, like, existing songs that were pulled in for it, like, uh, uh, shit, um, Oh Katrina, I Heard Ramona Sing, um, help me out here, Under My Thumb, they, they have yeah. Under My Thumb by the Stones on there, uh, Black Sheep by Metric, I love that, yeah. I absolutely love Black Sheep by Metric. Yeah, it's introducing you to Metric, too. So. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, the song Scott Pilgrim by Plumtree, which is what kicked off the whole phenomena. Uh, is a really fun band. I actually really like Plumtree. Okay. Which, uh, I know you're not typically super fond of Canadian bands, but Plumtree is a lot I of fun. I don't like Canadian bands, I just don't like Rush. And Bieber. <laughs> which yeah, I hate he's Bieber, not a, He's too. not a band, though. He's just a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, of, and, of course, we do have uh, the songs from Crash and the Boys, such as I Am So Sad, So Very Sad, and uh, We Hate You, Please Die. Oh, that's my favorite. That, <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's a 58-second song, but it's so good. It's so good. So sad. I love that. <laughs> Not a race, guys. But, you know, uh, the... Um, you're talking about, like, some of the, the songs and everything in, in that... Well, obviously, we we're all talking about all the songs, but the... Um, like I said, I love Garbage Truck and um, uh, Threshold, right? Yeah. That thing, this is this is just like, to me, uh, goes back to Blues Brothers. When I think of, when I think of Threshold, all I, well, the first thing that pops in my mind is that is that uh, Amp versus Amp. Oh, yeah. And then when he, like, when he hits the pedal and kicks in and everything, and it's the, like, the, the and it's like, yeah, that's... And when I hear threshold, that's the, that's what pops in my head is that scene. And when he just again, I got to give credit to Michael Sarah. You know, he hits that hits that pedal, and then he just starts jamming out on the on the bass. Oh, that's yeah. a that's a badass. Scene. And, and speaking of the bass, we do have to bring up the bass battle. Oh yeah, which yeah, is, I, did, I, I did like that. Part. That's so good. Sounds like somebody wants to get funky. <laughs> so so good. I absolutely love the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. Yeah, yeah bass battle is it? That's so good. <laughs> To be continued another day, bitches. All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>